What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today we are talking about an influencer couple, um, Lexi and Tyson James. I did not know who this couple was until a few weeks ago when I saw a post from the wife, Lexi, um, on Instagram that just gave me so many different thoughts. And based on seeing that, I decided to look a little bit further into them. And their existence on the internet and how they choose to use their platform is very, very interesting. It's all just so kind of bizarre. And it freaks me out that you have people who can post the kinds of things that Lexi and Tyson are posting. And people will believe them. Like people will not always call them out. I mean, they definitely get a lot of people being like, this is wrong. I disagree with you, but that you can say certain things on the internet or you can be so openly hypocritical on the internet and you still have supporters. It's just bizarre to me. But before I get ahead of myself, let's just cover some basics. So Lexi and Tyson, they are a young couple. They're married. They have several children. They are um, what I would consider to be hyper-religious or they present themselves in that way. They don't believe in um, any sort of birth control. Like they let God plan the size of their family. They do homeschooling because they are talking about how public schools are just like of the devil and they would never want to expose their kids to the other people who go to public schools. They are very anti-science is how I'll phrase it because I know that YouTube is still kind of sketchy. Uh, in the ways that you talk about certain events of the past two years. Like, you know, they have their own interesting views on different medical topics, I guess I'll say. The thing that's popping into my head right now is that lady on TikTok who reacts to all of the ridiculous cooking TikToks where people put like, I don't know, they have, they have a pan, like an aluminum pan to bake a casserole and they leave the paper in and they just pour everything on top of it and use like whole cloves of garlic and mushrooms that you don't even cut up and 16 cups of cheese, right? And she reacts to those and she starts it by going, everybody's so creative. Like that's what's popping into my head right now when I think about the things that they say about different medical issues and just things in general. And Tyson is a rapper. He's fairly successful. I mean, he has 134,000 followers on YouTube or subscribers on YouTube and almost 10,000 followers on Instagram. As for Lexi, Tyson's wife, she has about 3,500 just under that followers on Instagram. And she does post a lot about what a biblical marriage should look like and biblical parenthood and the things that they don't do because they're Christians and all that kind of stuff. And she is also in an MLM. She's in Monate, which surprisingly, is like the least concerning for me out of all of the kinds of things that she posts on the internet. So the post that brought this couple to my attention was posted on December 23rd, and we're going to read it. The post goes as follows. Sex talk. I've been wanting to talk about the topic of sex for a while. I don't feel like the majority of churches really talk about sex and how it's unbiblical to deny your spouse. I see a lot of posts and this new trend, if you will, of women being touched out and how their husbands are not going to get lucky tonight. That is so selfish. Your husband didn't marry you just so you could watch Netflix and go take a walk together. Prioritize your husband. He married you so he could have sex with you for the rest of his life. 
Sex is a special thing created by God, and I feel the enemy wants it to be so incredibly exciting outside of marriage and something women cringe about and deny their husbands inside of marriage. Don't wait until you're in the mood to do it. You'll get in the mood after you start. You feel me? If you wait until you're in the mood to have sex, your husband might be waiting a long time. Make it fun. Surprise your husband. Keep it spicy. Do not deny your husbands. And then she quotes a verse from the Bible, 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5, New Living Translation Version. It says that the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And her husband commented on it and said this in all caps. So, mm, this post obviously triggered a lot of conversation regarding spousal rape and consent and what like coercion might or might not look like. And I think that having those conversations is incredibly important. But Lexi and her husband were, of course, not going to entertain any sort of nuanced conversation. It's you're married. So if your husband wants sex, you give him sex like that period end of story full stop in their eyes that's just how it is and Lexi has posted other things about how to be a, um, a submissive wife and what submitting to your husband might look like and all that kind of stuff and this is really concerning to me when you see these influencers coming up who are young who have no sort of formal ministry training or seminary training they don't have any sort of mentor to help teach them the things that they should know or like impart wisdom on them from their own life experiences and share things that they think are really important for future leaders to understand. They don't have anybody holding them accountable or any sort of checks and balances. They can just get online and be like, this is what you do. If you want to be a good Christian, here's how you do it. And if you don't do those things, then you're going to hell basically. Like that is something that I really have an issue with. And I've talked about this with Paul and Morgan before. I'm just like, they haven't been appropriately pruned. Like they have not had enough time or experience or training that I think they would benefit from in order to influence more responsibly. And even if they did, I guess, have some sort of mentor or somebody like guiding them in the ways of their online ministry, I would still disagree with the things that they say and things that they do. Uh, but when you're coming from a place of talking about intimacy and consent and how those topics should be handled, that's one area where I think it is really, really important not to speak too soon, not to just think like, well, this is how I think now and I think that I'm right. So I'm going to say it because I will say when you're young, you think one way about things and then as you get older, your opinions develop, they change, you learn more, you get more life experience and you might think like, man, I was so close-minded about this thing and I wish I hadn't been so public about it. I wish I hadn't said that this is what everybody should do because now I realize based on what I've learned over the years that that's not appropriate or that's not okay or however you end up changing your mind to feel about that particular thing. So anyway, like I said, she posted this on Instagram and she was not interested in having any sort of nuanced conversations about consent and what healthy sex lives look like in 
relationships and more specifically religious marriages. And I think that this is like a trap that a lot of young religious people fall into because the church basically primes them to fall into it. The way that sex is spoken about in churches is really antiquated and honestly kind of confusing. It gives you whiplash a little bit because in most cases, you know, I can't speak for every church, but what we see a lot is sex is off limits. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't entertain the idea of what it might even feel like. Like do not dress provocatively, cover yourself up. Don't tempt anybody. All this really extreme stuff, like everything's off limits. And then you sign your marriage license. You say, I do in front of God, your friends and your family. And now nothing's off limits. Everything is acceptable and everything is expected. Now, now you're married. And I know that we didn't talk about what consent looks like. We don't talk about being in tune with your body and being comfortable with the things that are being done to it. I know we haven't had any of those conversations. uh, But so now you just, you do everything. You do whatever your husband wants because you're supposed to be a good and, and godly biblical wife who submits to her husband. And if her husband wants sex, then he gets sex. Like it's so confusing for so many people who grew up Christian. And I feel bad that Lexi feels this way. I feel bad that she feels that that's the right thing to do, that she is not giving herself the authority over her own body to determine, am I touched out? Like, is this something I really want to do? Am am I really wanting to engage in this? Or am you know, like she's not even saying like, do I want this? Or is it just that he expects it? She's not even thinking that way. She's just saying, it doesn't matter if I want it or not. I, that that's of no importance to me. Like, I don't take that into consideration whether or not I want to do the thing. If my husband wants to do it. That's what gets done. That's really sad, honestly. And the worst part is that in the days after this post, they were making jokes about marital rape. It's truly a horrific thing to joke about. And I think that kind of leads into a point that I want to make. It's just so bizarre to me to hear them talking about being Christian and praising God and trying to espouse biblical values. And then you have that right alongside with some of the most hateful things I've ever seen in my life. There's one post from Tyson where it's it's a screenshot of one one of his tweets. And he said, this year more than ever, I've realized why would I celebrate a holiday that all the people I despise celebrate? Seems all the Hollywood elites are obsessed with Christmas. I'm good. I'll celebrate Jesus every day. And then his caption says, ain't mad at you if you do, but I really feel more disgusted this year than ever about Christmas. After seeing Lady Gaga and John Legend and others singing and celebrating Christmas, I had to ask myself why I would partake in anything they did. I prayed about this for a while and God definitely answered my prayer. It's like the blinders were taken off and I could see it for what it truly is. So in a post where you're talking about praying over a decision, you know, in this case, it's whether or not to celebrate Christmas, which a choice to think he did. Okay. Um, But you're praying to God, you're asking for answers, you're asking for guidance, and you're saying that you're going to celebrate Jesus. You'll celebrate Jesus every single day. But in that exact same post, you're talking about how you despise people, which is what we're not supposed to do. Like we're not supposed to hate people. And Lexi and Tyson shill out a lot of hate. Because like I said, Tyson's a rapper. Do you want to hear some of the titles of some of his songs? I hope you said yes, because I'm going to read them to you anyway. The titles of some of his songs are as follows. Let's Go Brandon, Red Pill, MAGA Boys, Rittenhouse, Everybody Balenciaga, Sodom and Gomorrah, Rittenhouse 2, Two Genders, Patriot Party, 
MAGA country. And monkeypox, as I'm just like reading through this, I'm like, oh my goodness, some of them are innocuous, like division, what you going to do? I'm down, give it to God. I'm sure that those contain similar messaging, but the titles are at least uh, less aggressive. And there is one song that just came out. It's called Bodies, and I listened to it. And ooh, this is where it gets sinister because when somebody is being like outright hateful, obviously you can identify that and you can like, you can read their words or you can hear what they're saying and you're like, "Mm, that's mean and aggressive. And I can very clearly identify that that's that thing. But the song Bodies is about um, vaccines. And as I was listening to it, because I'm like, I got to do some, you know, base level research on what's in these songs. I'm listening to it and writing notes and I felt my head like start to bop because it's catchy. The lyrics are awful, but the like it's well produced. It sounds professional. It sounds good. And so it's easy to hear those things and not fully take in the messaging in those words. It's so sinister and putting out the messages that he puts out through music is really, really dangerous. So I don't know if if you got kids, like be so aware of the media they're consuming. I know that people who watch my channel are probably not the kinds of people who would see the things that Tyson and, and Lexi post and be like, ah, that's a good post. I agree. But chances are, you know, somebody younger, you know, somebody who isn't like as chronically online or in tune with looking out for things like this, somebody who might think that they you know, they're maybe a new Christian and they're wanting to make sure they're doing everything right. And they find Tyson and Lexi and they think, oh, like, because they look pretty young, right? They see them and they're like, wow, this young Christian couple, he's a rapper. She stays home and she makes money with her MLM. Like she does Monate, but she loves her kids and she gets to spend time with them and they seem amazing. So I'm going to follow their advice. You might know somebody like that. And so I think that's why it's so important to me to talk about things like this because we should be aware of them. We should be aware of how people that we know and love and care about are being influenced, even if they're not intentionally seeking stuff like this out, if they're just coming across it on the internet. Anyway, back to Lexi's post. This is the last thing that I will say about it. In it, she quotes 1 Corinthians you know, 7, 3 through 5, talking about how the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill the husband's sexual needs. And it just goes to show how easy it is to take something, cherry pick it from the Bible and use it for your own narrative and your own agenda. This is why it's so important to be discerning of the type of religious influencers you follow and the churches you go to because churches do this too. Like this is not an exclusively Instagram influencer thing or blogger thing, whatever, like people in organized religion do this. But she pulled this verse out of 1 Corinthians and she says, here, this proves my point. All right, let's nerd out a little bit and have some historical context. 1 Corinthians was written by Paul, the apostle, sometime around 53 CE. And in this book of the Bible, he's writing these letters to respond to certain things that he was seeing happen at a newer Christian church in Corinth. And to place this within the Bible, within our, like within the context of our religious literature as Christians, this is like halfway through the Bible. Okay. So 
The Bible doesn't start with Christianity existing. It starts in Genesis. It starts with the Old Testament talking about the creation of earth, the creation of humans and animals and going through family lines and wars that were happening and battles that were taking place and going over some really like important historical figures to the Jewish faith and the trials and tribulations of the Israelites and wandering through the desert. And there's a ton of stuff. Esther's story, Job's story, all these things are in the Old Testament. And kind of the common theme is God wanting his people to be saved. God wanting to save humans so that way they could eventually return to heaven and live there for eternity. But they keep making the same mistakes. And I think a lot of my personal opinion is a lot of stories that happen are like metaphors for human nature. Us doing things that we know aren't good for us or aren't the right choice, but being human and being flawed and making those mistakes over and over again, even though we know better and we know that we shouldn't. So that's the Old Testament. And then the New Testament starts off with God sending Jesus to earth to be born as a human, to then die, to kind of like to take the burden of our sins upon himself so that way we can have salvation. And I'm trying really hard not to come off as like preachy and being like, this is what you need to believe. But you know, like I'm just, I'm telling you what Christians believe. New Testament starts, it's the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's four different perspectives of Jesus's time on earth. So basically God sends Jesus to earth to live on earth, to spread the good news, to be the Messiah and kind of make people realize, hey, you're saying that you follow God and you're religious and these are the things that you're doing that aren't okay. Like here's how leaders are being hypocritical and here's how they're using God's teachings for their own personal gain and you know, getting into scuffles with the established leaders at the time. And eventually um, he completes his duty. He gets his disciples, he teaches them the good news, tells them to go out and tell everybody that they know about God's love, and eventually he is crucified for for the crime of sedition. Sedition is basically um, opposing the ideas of the leadership in Rome. So Jesus is put to death, he's dead for three days, and then he is resurrected. He visits a select group of people who are very important to him during his time on earth to be like, see, this is the prophecy. It's been fulfilled. Here I am. Like, look at the holes in my hands, basically, and instructs them to go out and tell other people the things that he has taught them. And he ascends to heaven. And so we don't have Christianity until we're like over halfway through the Bible. The The New Testament is shorter than the Old Testament. And so anyway, the whole point of this is that the letters to new Christian churches were important because Christianity hadn't been this established religion for hundreds, if not thousands of years at the time. It was something fairly new. So in 1 Corinthians, Paul is addressing the issues that he's seen. And in 1 Corinthians 7, he is saying, okay, now this one is me specifically responding to things that you have asked me. And we're going to read a little bit of it. He starts out 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, saying, Now regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. And basically he's saying, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. Later in the verse, he's going to go on to say, I wish you were all like me. 
meaning celibate. Like I wish you were all celibate, but hey, if that's not your calling, if you're not called to be celibate and you are, you know, wanting to be in a relationship, here's how it should go. And so Lexi is saying, like the whole point of this is Lexi is saying like, look, this is in the Bible that, you know, men and women should just hand themselves over to each other freely in a marriage because that's what the Bible instructs us to do. But you're not even considering the context of Paul saying like, I don't even want y'all to be doing this because I wish you were just celibate so you could focus on, you know, following God and, and being the best Christian you can. But if that's not your shtick, here's how it should be done. It says, so I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it is better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to burn with lust. Later in the chapter, we're starting with uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 25. He says, Now regarding your question about the young women who are not married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think it is best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. Like, she's saying like this is what the bible says husband and wives need to be together they need to be having sex like this is what we are called to do this is what we are commanded to do and then you have paul on the other hand saying but if you do get married it's not a sin he goes on to say however those who get married at this time will have troubles and i am trying to spare you those problems there's a lot of interesting tidbits as you go through and you read the remainder of that chapter. One of the things that I'm not like, I don't want to go through and just be like, and look at this and look at this and look at this. But one of the things that Paul talks about later in the chapter is that if a man is married, he can't solely focus on following God. He has to think about his earthly responsibilities and his wife. And he's like, your time on earth is so short. You should be spending as much time as you can focusing on God. And if you're married, you have a bit of a distraction. So if you do end up getting married, it's okay. Like make sure you do focus on your wife and you tend to her. But you know, just be, just consider that if you're not married, no need to rush out and do that. No need to get married. Remain as you are. It's, it's just really fascinating. Now, having said all of that, if marriage is something and the concept of having healthy, stable marriages is something that's really important to Lexi and Tyson. And so that's why they want to talk about it a lot. I, I think high view overall as a concept, th that's fine. If that's something that's important to you and you want to talk about it and share your opinion on it, whatever, do it. But the way that you do it should be healthy. Like I, I'm trying not to tell people what to do, but it's really concerning to me that Lexi's going to sit here and say, like, your man didn't marry you so you guys could watch Netflix and take walks. He married you to have sex, which I, I think um, is not a biblical belief. Like, I don't think that's something that you can point to a specific verse in the Bible and be like, see, marriage was created purely for sex. I just don't. I've seen a lot of literature. I've seen a lot of verses. I've read a whole lot of things. And um, while that is one component of it to like be unified together, a man should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and they should start their own family. Like that's discussed, all of that. But when you're talking about having a life partner, it's really kind of gross to be like, well, he only married you so he could have sex with you. And so that's what you should do, whether you want to or not. Like that, I really have an issue in the ways that they're instructing people to act in their marriages or the ways that they're prepping people who follow them to act once they are married. 
on a side note, because I don't want to have this feel like I'm just out to tear these people down and, and oppose every single thing they say. I do think she makes a fair point about how like in a marriage, if you wait until you're in the mood, it might be a really long time until you are in the mood. And so that can maybe lead to a little bit of tension or, or a complication. You know, people get busy, life gets kind of chaotic people's sex drives are different. And so maybe you have conversations about like, let's set up a date night. Like let's be intentional about having romantic time with each other and feeling that closeness. And, you know, maybe it leads to being intimate. I think it is important when you are in a marriage, like in a partnership to have open conversations about that and make sure that your needs are being met in a healthy way. So, I mean, I'll give her a point for that, but it's just kind of wild that the entire overtone of this post is you're a vessel for, you know, like I want to say things so badly, but I know the way YouTube is. Um, So it's like, you're just a garage, basically. You're a human garage. And there's no concept of like, what the wife's desires might be and the husband being available to the wife and making sure that she is happy and satisfied we don't even we don't even need to touch that if you're Lexi and Tyson because it doesn't matter if the wife is satisfied. It's all about the husband, according to all the things that I have seen them post. Now, I was planning on going over some more of their Instagram posts after I went over that initial one. I did not think it would take me that long to cover the Instagram post. Like I had a few notes. I'm like, here's the points I want to hit. But then sometimes you start speaking and you just go you veer off path a little bit. Um, Some of the things I was going to touch on are the ways that she says you should be a submissive wife and what that looks like. And really on Tyson's side, talking about the medical misinformation and not even medical misinformation, but just like conspiracy theories. And has Donald Trump been taken over? Like denouncing Donald Trump for what was it? I'll have to look it up. Oh, this is what it is. He posted on his Instagram, has Donald Trump been compromised? And he didn't give any additional info. He just put like a question mark in his caption. And the reason that that was posted, because a lot of people were like, who were hardcore Trump supporters were like, he's been compromised. He's been taken over. We denounce him. And I'm like, this is, this is the thing that you denounce him about? (laughs) Trump said, quote, it was the abortion issue poorly handled by many Republicans, especially those that firmly insist on no exceptions, even in the case of rape, incest, or life of the mother that lost large numbers of voters. I'm sitting here like grabbing my head out of frustration because I don't know how to properly convey what it is that I am trying to say. But ultra conservative people are upset that Donald Trump called out Republicans for making a poor political play in terms of of abortion. Donald Trump isn't sitting here being like, hey, I have empathy for you if you're in a position where you think an abortion would be the best choice for you. And I wish Republicans viewed it differently. And I wish they approached the topic differently because you never know why somebody might need it. And they're being, you know, really just like stone cold about it. They're being very totalitarian and that's not okay. He's not sitting there saying that. He's like, well, they screwed up the midterms because they weren't willing to flex on that a little bit in order for us to get ahead. Like, that's why people are upset. That's why Tyson James is saying, oh, Donald Trump's been compromised. What the heck? (laughs) There is one more post I want to talk about just like right off the bat. I don't want to 
say like, oh, well, I'll do another video if you're interested. And then if you guys don't want to hear more about them because you're like, we've heard enough. Thanks, though. Uh, not talk about it. Like, I want to make sure that I mention this. He posted a screenshot that said one of Jeffrey Epstein's child sex trafficking victims, Sarah Ransom, told the court that she, quote, made copies of tapes of high-ranking officials raping children and committing other horrific crimes, end quote. Ransom claims that the footage shows Obama and Michelle have, his name's Barack, uh, Obama and Michelle having sex with victim. And he said, hopefully this is true. First of all, why would you hope that that was true? Like, why why on earth would that be something that you would feel compelled to say about this headline? But additionally, it's literal misinformation. I googled this because here's the thing. I saw it. I was like, that's not true. Like, that's just, that's factually not true. They do not have footage of Barack and Michelle Obama raping a child sex trafficking victim. Like, they just don't. But... I'll do my due diligence. Let's say I live under a rock and I don't know anything. And somehow this story came out and I missed it. I missed the tapes. They have it on tape. They have the proof. So obviously this is going to be everywhere, right? Like so many people will have posted about this and I'm just the dummy who missed it. I Google it. I find the source of this screenshot. It's a tweet from, you know, I'm not even going to say who this is who tweeted this out because they don't deserve to have any additional attention put on their Twitter. This man is a conservative gentleman who believes in God and the constitution and his entire Twitter for as far down as I can scroll is conspiracy theories, propaganda, and hatred of Barack and Michelle Obama. Oh my God, this dude posts a lot. I was like, yeah, I'm probably like three weeks down on his Twitter feed two days ago. Yikes, Krispies. Because I wanted to see. Also, side note. So the picture that's in the post of her with this like blue top on uh, walking and like being followed by people with cameras. I found the article that that picture is originally from. And it's literally, there's no mention of the Obamas whatsoever in that article. So anyway, you Google the keywords of that post and the only things that come up are that dude's Twitter account, a Reddit thread talking about like, hey, I think I found an article that's like maybe this theory was a shoot off from because it talks about having tapes and I don't see anything about the Obamas in there. And then a bunch of articles about Sarah Ransom that do not mention the Obamas at all. So this dude is literally just out here posting this being like, hopefully it's true when... it's not like it, 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 it's, it's not. You don't think if she literally came out and said that it would be everywhere. It would be all over the news. It would be the only thing that people were talking about for at least a week. And so just that's the kind of stuff that he puts out there. He obviously promotes his music and his conservative values. And then he also promotes lies, conspiracy theories, hateful things, things meant to scare people. Anyway, it's a lot and it's quite upsetting. And with that, we're going to bring 
this episode to a close for now. If you want a follow-up on them, if you want me to go over more of their Instagram posts or one of their songs, one of Tyson's songs, um, or you see anything specifically that they've posted that you think I should talk about on my channel, let me know in the comments section down below if you're watching this on YouTube or if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify. There's a Q&A section in every single episode I put out. I just put it there so you can use it like you would a comment section. I'm not like asking you a specific question. It's just, hey, if you want to share something related to this episode, there's a spot you can do it. Um, so you can leave a comment there and I will see it. And while you're doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving a rating and a review on the podcast, that would be amazing. If you've done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.